0: Welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, Chief of Staff turned Executive Leadership Coach. In this series, we dive into the role of Chief of Staff, exploring how it can be a game changer and pivotal player on your leadership team. You'll get a backstage pass and learn about the different aspects of the role and what it takes to excel in it. We'll hear from some incredible guests who have firsthand experience serving as Chief of Staff, or collaborating with one on their team. And don't forget, the chief of staff isn't just a title a person, it represents a leadership philosophy. Leveraging leadership is all about finding your points of greatest influence and leveraging them to better serve those around you. Virginie, how are you? I'm really good this morning, Emily. Thank you. No, good to see you. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's great to be part of this. I'm
1: glad uh, we got connected. Uh, I really enjoyed reading your book, so I'm really looking forward to our session today.
0: Awesome. So just to give the listeners a little backdrop, what was it like for you growing up and how did you get into business and kind of start your career?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I grew up in in France and at a very young age, I had a fascination for the US. So i very you know, in my teenage years, early teenage years, I went to my parents and I was like, OK, I want to have an experience in the U.S. I've done a couple summers, but really, I want to go to school and I want to really experience it. So I actually found a, a business school. I thought the business pass was a good one. And um, so I found a business school um, after college, after high school in France that was both in working in the U.S. and in France. Um, So that was my first initial path and to end up in Boston to finish my bachelor. So that was a a good experience. I stayed in the dorm. I really had the whole experience there for about a year and then continued the path in business.
0: Yeah, wow. So you had initiative from a young age. I want to go live in the U.S., move countries. Wow. Yes, and I'm sure that served you well as chief of staff. So tell us a little bit about how you got to be a chief of staff for I think multiple departments at Microsoft.
1: Yeah, so it's early on to My my road was like I, at some point I want to be a COO. So my experience over the years have been in finance, I've been in business development, corporate business one strategy. So I kind of was intentionally building some blocks, and I wanted to have experience in different areas. And then about three years ago with my leader that I was supporting, I was business development we were talking about career paths. And I was like, you know, the CEO stuff kind of came back to my head. because sometimes you lose track where you're so into enjoying what you're doing. I had a, a really great experience in, in business development and developing partnerships, but I kind of felt like I wasn't driven anymore. Like I wasn't learning as much anymore. And so she gave me the opportunity to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to need a chief of sass. You know, it's a, it, and I was like, yeah, that's a perfect segue to start diving into a little bit of a chief of sass TO type of mentality and to see if I like it and I enjoy it. So she gave me that opportunity to switch almost right away. We did a little bit of a transition time. And I kind of, after a couple, like three, two to three months, I kind of went through I'm like, you know. The rhythm of a chief of staff and the rhythm of business development are not very compatible because I think it's two different style and way of working. So there's a point where I was like, you know, I think it's time to do 100%
0: chief of staff. So that's how it I got started. Wow. And what types of things would you actually work on? Like what types of projects or initiatives would you work on? So
1: she actually didn't have a chief of staff. So she had to establish, we had to establish that function for her and her team which I, I love doing that. I love starting from, you know, initiatives from scratch. So a lot of it was, you know, establishing the rhythm of business, understanding what other groups above her and around her and, and kind of integrating with that rhythm and creating her own rhythm. It was, you know, figuring out how we were going to do our old hands and the formats and trying to different formats, get speakers, like so reaching out through the company to get interesting speakers for our team, trying to convey the culture she wanted so, you know, um, some, some, sometimes some of the all hands can be very dry. So, how do we bring more like even humor and yeah. more camaraderie, especially at the time we were, you know, pandemic time? So, it's being creative around there. It's also bringing more due diligence in the business development practice. You know, like we had a fairly new team as well. So like, how do we bring them into the fold of how things gets done with Microsoft? How, you know, we need to work with the legal team and be compliant. So there's a bunch of just by nature of the function processes and guidelines and training we had to perform. So it's organizing that. So there was, there was a lot of little buckets and how do we bring strategy together? How do we bring the team, help them brainstorm and with our leadership team? So, you know, it's. It's a very multifaceted, as you know, sure, function. Sure. So it was really established the little buckets depending on what was the most needed at the time, and constantly revaluing what's the next priority, what's the next priority we need to build.
0: Yes, and just remind me, what specific department were you involved with? So that was the
1: uh, business development and partnership team for gaming at okay. Microsoft. So a lot, and where our group didn't really necessarily work directly with developers, we worked on all the surrounding of gaming so it could be a relationship with telco relationship with you know companies like meta or google and um so
0: lots of variety of technology partnerships that we were guiding as well some small some small tasks and partnerships like that yes (laughs) so you mentioned it sounded like you were pretty aligned with your principal and that your principal was very supportive of you and when you first created that role of chief of staff, how did how did you or how did your principal work to to communicate what that role was to other people and what types of things you would be working on?
1: So I think it was fairly easy in terms of external certain external teams because it's a function that's pretty widely, you know, widely spread at Microsoft. I think it's for the team, our team, our collective team is my change of role. Cause I, I was one of the oldest member of the team in terms of tenure. And so I think it's for them to understand like, Hey, I'm a support function. We're here to make things better. So we had the majority team was very open and, you know, welcoming. Cause they're like, yes, this is, we need this and we need oh, your okay. support. You know, they because they there's things they're taking on, a lot of people take on for themselves as managers for their team. So there's also a transition, I would say, period where you have to have those conversations to be like, hey, this thing you're trying to achieve here, I can take that on working with you, but we also make it available to the wider team. And then, you know, there's teams that can be that were still a little bit territorial. They feel like, you know, you don't want them to, they feel like, you know, you get into their business. Oh, yes. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, there's always a variance depending on, on, on people's style of how open they are and how they see the function. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, some people view that more of as an mid-roll. They don't really see that as a strategic partner that can really develop programs and support them. So you got to navigate that a little bit and realign sometimes with, with some of the, the executives.
0: Yes. Okay. And it was interesting, you mentioned that the role of chief of staff was fairly well known at Microsoft. About how many chiefs of staff did or does Microsoft have, just ballpark?
1: Oh, gosh. It's hard to say. There's probably, I would say, hundreds. Wow. Because you have most, I would say most EVPs, TVPs or DPs have chief of staff. Guess, yeah. Mm. And then some GMs in certain large functions, like, you know, larger, supporting large sales organization may have one as well. It's still fairly new, I would say, at Microsoft and so on, but they have the functions very defined. What I, what I discovered though, talking to multiple chief of staff is that really the role is fully accomplished depending on the vision the principal has of that function.
0: Yes, yes, which is a great point. So, what for your principal, what was that vision and how, how did you know if you were doing good? Basically, what success mm-hmm. metrics did you have, if any?
1: I mean, I, I think I, I was lucky because my principal was, you know, we had good dialogue. It's not like we were talking every day necessarily. Which sometimes you know you have to navigate that, but we we knew she, like she knows she can rely on me. I knew when you know when to go to her on certain things. But I think the most important for me was like what does she need right now? And at that point, there was a fairly new team. We're integrating another team. We she was new in the in the you know at that level, so it was really established the basic and taking away from her plate. Yes. You know, a lot of those activities and things to figure out that she didn't have time to. So she can really focus on managing the team and really the partnership, because she was very involved in the partnership. She was really involved with the c suite level on some of those very strategic partnerships. So we we kind of had that in the first couple of years to establish that. Then we had reorg, so we didn't get to that <laughs> next phase.
0: Yes. And it's it's actually very common. I see it a lot where... You're becoming a chief of staff for someone who's moving into another role. And I'm just wondering how much of your job was helping her transition and almost coaching her to get her to a point where, okay, now you're lifted out of these activities and you can focus on your new role.
1: Yeah, I think from that perspective, the coaching was more actually around some of the operational constraint because she was also still fairly new to Microsoft. Okay. So I think I brought that a broader view of some, like even like all the deal government, what we call deals and things like that, right? Which it's, it's taxing. Yet you got to obey. You kind of got to follow the rules and make sure things <laughs> are done, you know, the right way. But if you look from a, you know, result and getting deals done, it kind of gets in the way sometimes. So I think for me, with like bringing the team to, do that and train the team and align the team, you know, was a big saver of her not having to deal with it or deal with emergency because somebody missed a step or something. Right. So I think, I think from that perspective, the fact that I had been Microsoft a long time and in in a function of, you know, what our team is about was helpful for me to kind of bridge those gaps. So she didn't have surprises. She wasn't blindsided and and also she would feel, you know, secure that she didn't have to worry about
0: those things about our team. Yeah, I'm sure it was a relief for her to have someone with such institutional knowledge and just the lay of the land that would be very helpful coming into any new organization. And it sounded like you you and her worked very closely together. And I'm wondering what, what is helpful to have in the relationship with your principal? So I know a lot of chiefs of staff, some of them know their principal in another role. Some of them are brand new, so they're strangers and it's like, hi, I'm gonna be your chief of staff. So what would be help what's helpful to have in a working relationship between a chief of staff and a principal?
1: I think what's helpful is one, if you I mean now that I'm looking at you know my next role, what I I'm definitely in the line of, you know, if you don't know the person you're gonna support, the principal you're gonna support. I would definitely recommend like the first ninety days just be be the shadow, yeah. be the shadow because I do believe the more you can understand the way they think, you can understand what their what their fears are, what their worries are, how they function, how even like you know culture wise, like like things that they jive with, things that it helps you a lot in the function. It helps you to really quarterback them really well. And for me, for example, you know, I align with her from a culture view standpoint. I think those are things to probe to, you know, are, do you have the same culture view of how you want the team to be, how you want to treat people in your team, how you want that's helpful. You know, are you aligned in how you want to develop people from a learning and development standpoint? Yeah. You know, can you, because there there's things if you're not quite aligned, the more you can do either, they won't care and they'll let you do, but it's not ideal either. Or if you're a and you know, you can be in sync, you can troubleshoot easily. So those are the things that I like. And also, if you get to know your leader, you know, nothing becomes personal.
0: Mm, Something
1: happens. You know, you can get, because sometimes they're so busy, you know, you don't, it's not like you're going to have an hour conversation every day, <laughs> right? So that way you can get a text, you can get an email, but it's quick, it's in the chat, you know, right away what they mean, you know, what they need, you know, what questions you ask back. So it makes you very supportive. But at the same time, you don't burn their time.
0: Yes. And I it was, that's so funny you mentioned that. So when I was working with my principal, I knew when he was slammed, he couldn't read a long email or write a long reply. And so I would craft an email that was very short and had bullet points. And then it was like a multiple choice. It was like, which one of these things do you want the team to do? A, <laughs> B, C, or D? And D was always other in case he had another idea, but he would literally reply back with one letter and I would be off to the races. And so, yeah. yes, managing their time, I think is is important and teeing up those decisions, which it sounds yeah. like you did as well. Yeah. Been- it's
1: funny on that point, because my, my first boss, when I started my career, he always said, it was very funny, he always said, if your email doesn't come down to a yes or no answer, and also like if your email is more than a paragraph, I likely won't read it.
0: Yeah. but it teaches you a lot. (laughs) We had some folks at our company who just, Wrote like great walls of text, and I'm like, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I lost it. I lost you. I don't know what this is about. So, yeah, and uh, I think executives, a lot of executives think in bullet points. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. Give me yeah. the stuff, and if they want more information, then be ready to share the source material. But yeah, they're moving quickly. Yeah. yeah, you had mentioned trying to bring some humor and maybe lightness to your team. What are some What are some tips or things you use to? to just make make the team more lively or kind of lighten the mood? So
1: one is find that gem in your team that's a great MC. Okay. So because, and sometimes it doesn't appear, you just got to start knowing people and figure out, oh, this person has a, t- has a hidden talent, right? <laughs> so and involve the team, involve the team. So for us, at some point we had, so we have found this great MC who actually happened to, be working for me when I was still doing business development work and then and then we gathered a team of people who didn't necessarily know each other but were you know just had joined microsoft too I was during pandemic so so we kind of did that to get them to know each other but also to be like hey what do you want like like make it up right and empower empower them to find things that they find funny We also created, kind of going back to school, we're creating a a book, kind of a yearbook. So everybody with different sections, everybody could share what they wanted about themselves, about hobbies they like. (laughs) So they also, so the team started using that to kind of highlight people. And then they, they made a format of game shows, basically. So they created game shows for every session that was, for you know, sometimes just 15 minutes. But it was it was very funny where we played the game of being funny or throwing weird sayings. And so it kind of like was also an icebreaker to bring the team together and to get to know each other more personally versus just through videos. And
0: yeah, that's a great idea. I've never I've never heard of that. The the game show piece before. And did people did a lot of people get into that or was it okay Certain people were like, yes, let's do this. And others were still "Mm, I'm going to sit on the sidelines. Or was it just the thing that people did? So you
1: still have people who are shyer, you know, but, but they, they would hire, so they would try to bring people into the game show. So they had the core team organizing what I call the production team. And then, and then they would call in on people. They would let them know before if they would be okay with it. I think what worked is they never had, you know, the focus on people too long. And, you know, some people never got, you know, forward, but I think from some of the surveys we did, like people really enjoy those segments. So even if they were on the sideline, they laughed, so they were sure. yes, yes. Right the moment. And yeah,
0: no, it's important to kind of bring bring the fun. and i I knew that that was part of making the culture um, a good place to work, and people had social time. I am not one that naturally gravitates towards those things. So similar to you, I had to find the people who were like, "Oh, you're the fun maker. you You go to this stuff naturally. You know how to make a themed. Holiday party, yeah. or a, you know, a company get together, or whatever. And so I knew that I wasn't strong in that area, but it needed to get done. And so I would find yeah. the find the gems and find the MCs and people <laughs> to do that.
1: Yeah, because it's so it's so natural and they love doing it. So it's a it's a great uh, you know fill in the gap kind of uh, kind of approach. Um, the other thing we did is also create a coffee time. Oh, and so we had every Friday morning for fifteen minutes, not more. It was kind of this open thing where people join or didn't join if they had time or not. And you had, sometimes we were three people, sometimes we were 10 people, and you start sharing about each other. So it's kind of getting that, you know, filter off and icebreaker, people getting to know each other better. And you could talk anything about whether it was a news topic or, you know, or somebody did a deal, sometime we celebrated you know, a deal that was done, but kind of keep it light as, as people wanted, kind of like, hey, end of the week, bring your coffee. Let's get on the video for 15 minutes and just connect.
0: That's awesome. That's a great idea as well. And what would, what would you say is a has been a pivotal moment or turning point in your life or in your career? And I know you had a, a change in earlier this year, I think. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So I have a couple, actually. There's, there's one years ago when I left, I was at Disney and I left Disney and I followed two people that I worked, that I'd worked at Disney and I followed them to, to Vivendi Games. And, you know, within three weeks of me starting there, there was a complete change of management, including the people that recruited me were gone. Well, and I didn't know anybody there, right? It's like three weeks, you're fresh, you still don't know what's going on. And so for me, the pivotal moment there was like, okay, what do I do? Like, am I going to get rid of, you know, are they going to get rid of me? Because I was hired by the prior people. I'm so new, nobody knows me. But I stuck to it and my rule was like, just show up, show up every day. And I started basically knocking on every door, kind of saying, hey, here's this, I'm here, this is, I'm this person, <laughs> I I can do stuff, I can add value. And so, and then I actually got, I think I got tested first by the new management, but they kind of ended up adopting me and giving me the be- one of the best opportunities I got just to work on strategy, on turnaround strategy, and even start a new business, start the new mobile gaming business, which was very early on in the industry. And, you know, that level and empowerment, the CEO there was very pro-women mm. also, which was, you know, it. It's something I had instinct in yet for me, like the, you know, some of the gender bias you find that really like he was definitely looking, making sure women were fine and women like he didn't, you know, he had women in the leadership group. And so it's, and the way it empowered, the way it was, you know, making you feel empowered to do your best work was, was significant for me to get that experience and really feel it was, was really one of those pivotal moments and, and then my new pivotal moment, and in the middle of, is you know being outside of Microsoft for twelve and a half years, for the first time being able to take the opportunity to not do anything right away and take some sort of sabbatical, let the brain rest. I think for a few months I barely touched my computer, like
0: you know wow. once or
1: twice every month, not even. You know, let the brain rest. Let every day be what they are. Enjoy family time. Enjoy, you know, painting and learning to paint and sculpture and kind of exercise the other side of the brain. And and now feeling like, you know, I'm I'm ready to look for the next chapter and to find that new opportunity. And it's exciting because there's a lot of learnings that come up as you let the brain rest. You know, things kind of settle down. I also want to make sure I don't go in my next move in a, you know, with a kind of too much of a Microsoft mindset, because as you, I want to be very open to a different company, a different culture, different way of working, all those things, which sometime after 12 and a half years, you know, you kind of get kind of piloted into. So, so yes, it's a very exciting moment because I kind of feel like this is the start of the next chapter.
0: Yes. Well, let me just say good for you for actually taking time off and not touching a computer and doing your, art, doing your art and then using a whole different type of your brain. Because when you focus on something and you hold on to it tightly and it's all you do, you're less creative. Yes. And so when you said, oh, I had different ideas and new things came up, That happens all the time. So if people are listening, you know, taking that time off or recharging is not a waste of time. It's actually preparing you and giving you better and more creative ideas and resources. So thank you for sharing that. And if you were to just pass along one piece of advice or if you have a motto for how to how you've gone through your career or advice to a chief of staff, what would it be?
1: I would say be agile and open. Go with the flow, especially I would say with chief of staff, where you know there's so many aspects that come through with the job, and they evolve all the time depending on the needs of your of your principal or the or depending on the, how, where the business is at. Be open, keep an eye, be agile, don't get stuck.
0: Be open and agile. There we go, Virginie. Thank you so much for being on it. Was that- Awesome conversation, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. So, thank you very much for sharing your nuggets of wisdom and experience.
1: Well, thank you, Emily, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope to see you soon.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.